0: Hey everyone, welcome back to episode eight of the Lumbar Trucking Podcast. Almost up there to double digits. I know it's been a while. I do apologize. I should start off by saying happy new year. Glad you're here. We made it around the curve. It's gonna be a fucking great year. I know it, especially for you if you're listening. I know for a fact it's gonna be great. And if you don't know how, I want you to give me a call or DM me and I'm gonna tell you why it's gonna be great. And I'm gonna be there every step of the way with you to help you make it great. Uh, And I know it has been a while since I've recorded, and I apologize, but uh, I've actually been reflecting a lot about this idea of making content. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's work, like I mentioned in the last episode, like sitting down and really doing it and putting voice to recording and thinking about what you're going to say and what you're going to talk about, how long is this going to go on for, what's my goal, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like I've mentioned, my my guys in Hard Factor, they sit down, they make seven episodes a week. They're over an hour long granted it's four of them so they have a lot to bounce off of but it's it's difficult you know to keep up with the news to stay that focused and then even with me out here sometimes every now and then over the road it can turn into a little bit of groundhog day you know you feel as though your trips your loads the miles they can they can kind of blend together by now i've been telling some of my friends you know when i roll through i-70 and i'm in indiana ohio i mean i might i feel like i'm back on 84 back home in connecticut i mean i 70 in indiana it's fucking home to me now i i know that place like the back of my fucking hand i can get up and around indiana no problem it's it's wild so it blends whenever i'm there so people will ask me oh what's your last trip sometimes i'll trip up over over where i've been because i feel like i've been back and forth there so many times but not to get off track so when it comes to making content and I wanted to start off the podcast by announcing this. I was having a great conversation with somebody who I think is my closest friend since moving to Austin, Texas. She's got a YouTube channel herself and I'm gonna ask you to check it out. But she was having a conversation with me. She was motivating me like, you should do more, man. You should should make more content, like document it. Like people wanna see this stuff. She's like, I'm scrolling on TikTok and all I'm watching is like somebody's day and it's just their alarm clock and them going throughout their day and it's, Interesting. I'm like laughing at it. It's funny. She's like you can do that. You you know, you got an interesting life You're out there you you wake up early you drive, you know It could be you're in the mountains at the beginning of the day and then you're in the desert at the next Then you go for a run and then you're asleep. You're cooking in your air fryer She's like people want to see that stuff at least go on YouTube and At first I didn't want to make a YouTube channel I remember when I first started trucking friends of mine were telling me dude document it from start to whenever like from before school and I was like, ah, I, I should stay focused and I should really start to learn this. And I'll be upfront and honest with you right now. That mentality I actually had and that excuse I gave of wanting to learn and focus was a lie. One of the biggest reasons why I didn't start a YouTube channel off the rip was actually fear of criticism. And not from fear of criticism from the trolls and strangers who I don't know. It was actually the, the criticism from some of the people who are very close to you and i don't know why this is and i mentioned this in episode 1 about what had held me back from getting my cdl and it's always the criticism of people closest to you but there always seems to be a lot of people close to you who always want to uh maybe you know talk down upon what you're saying and and or or they just it's hard to explain but for some reason they're the biggest critics of you and it's not, and then they're just like oh i'm just busting balls when in reality and this is what cuz i explained this fear to my friend who was telling me to start a YouTube channel. And she was telling me that the reason why people do that is because your friends and the people who are closest to you have this very well-known, well-thought-out idea of who you are in their head. And there's a version of you that is different, that varies from person to person. And there are so many different people out there who actually have different versions of who you are. And that like blew my mind. And I feel like I saw a meme of that online a couple of years ago explaining that. And basically the the reason why these people kind of criticize you and in reality, it's out of friendship and it is just busting balls. But it it does kind of affect us. It affects everybody. The reason why they're doing it is because they're seeing somebody that is not what they think is you because they know you in certain contexts from social situations and growing up and maybe knowing you as a kid, maybe they knew you five years ago. Maybe they knew you 10 years ago. They haven't seen you since. And all of a sudden they're hearing you speak this way and they're like, wait, I don't know this guy. It's kind of phony. You know, I'm going to tell him, Hey, you said this, this doesn't sound like you. And it's like, it's hard to explain, but I I'm going to overcome that fear by just making this fucking content because I'm enjoying it. So if you, Notice something I've said that doesn't sound like me, or you don't think it's me. Instead of reaching out and being like, uh, "Fuck you," or "Is this is this Mike Lombard or whatever?" Like, let's have a conversation about it, man. Like, say you hear me talk in a certain way, like I never heard you speak like that. Well, you know, man, I I, I did just celebrate my 32nd birthday. I could be a little bit different from the last time you saw me from when I was 23. There's a very high possibility that that's happened but i'm willing to have that conversation but at the same time if uh if all you're gonna do is just bring me down and bring people down then either do two things either don't fucking listen or you might as well start paying me for my time because of all the free real estate i occupy in your mind but i want to get off get that off my chest off the rip i can't wait to start making this content i will be launching a youtube channel you could probably find me on YouTube already. I have an account. I just haven't uploaded any videos yet. But first and foremost, I wanna give a big shout out to my great friend. Her name is Trina Burks and she has a YouTube channel where she does a lot of DIY woodworking. She is absolutely out of this world, talented. In what she does, she can build just about anything for you. Tables, signs, uh, a back deck, whatever, whatever you want. And there's videos up there. Find her on YouTube. T-R-I-N-A-B-E-R-K-S. Go to her YouTube channel, like, and subscribe it. She all deserves all of uh, that uh, likes and descriptions. Uh, she's doing really good work out there, and she's motivated me to just want to do more in my life and want to you know, take this year to the next level. But all right, let's go into the past month. Where the fuck have I been? So when I last left you off, I left you off with a nice fucking motivating Christmas holiday message telling you not to be a piece of shit. Enjoy life. Enjoy you, etc. I got home. We packed everything up, including the pets, my wife, and we started to make our way towards Connecticut. For the first time, I had my, my whole family with me on one big trip in the truck. And we were going to get routed right up to Connecticut spend the holiday there and then we're going to get back for new year's eve so our trip started kind of how i always leave home in austin we had an empty trailer drove it up to waco we swapped that out at a walmart distribution center with a loaded trailer of walmart used assets like i said could be a slew of anything from that walmart doesn't want anymore i then take that back to a warehouse that we have in Knoll, missouri right over the arkansas border We then take that product, and we'll sell it third-party, sell it online, eBay, whatever. From there, we were empty, and my dispatch got us a load right from Rogers, Arkansas, which is right next to Bentonville, uh, which is the home of Walmart, actually, in northwest Arkansas. Went from Rogers, Arkansas, and it was a plastics manufacturer that made fiber optic cables, and it was going right to Wallingford, Connecticut, to a frontier distribution center frontier is a internet cable service provider in connecticut so i was lucky i was thinking we were going to get a load that was going to go to indianapolis and then we were going to go and then we were going to get something else to go to connecticut but my dispatch saw it on the load board jumped on it got the got a good rate and there we were got loaded in rogers and started making our way towards connecticut got to point out all the stops like I was saying along I seventy. Oh yeah, I slept there. I go for runs here. It was awesome. It was great to be able to show not just my wife, but show anybody, you know, a uh, a day in my a day in my work life, so to speak. Because I even though if you could talk to me on the phone and I could be anywhere at once, you know, it's good to finally be able to show someone, you know, where I'm at throughout the day instead of just looking, you know, looking at my location on a map or anything like that. Got up to Connecticut. It was a great Christmas. Really enjoyed it. It was good to see a lot of family and friends, people we haven't seen in a while. Good to have some awesome food. Great Christmas present. I got two of those Bowflex uh, dumbbells that go up to 52 pounds to get my uh, fitness on. Still on the road. Very pumped to have those. And I got another little smart TV to put in the truck. Hopefully I'm able to use it uh, more because my last TV, it just like fell off the hinges. This hit hinges, uh, The last truck I was in with Pam, this one looks like it's going to be sturdy. So I'm looking forward to maybe watching Yellowstone or something here soon. Some of the popular shows everybody's talking about on the internet. The way back to Texas, we did what I've actually done several times getting out of Connecticut. And that is take an empty trailer up from... Connecticut, and we'll drive to a Walmart distribution center in Johnstown, New York. That's just west of Albany on Interstate 90. We'll then get a loaded trailer there. and We took that back to—oh, that went actually just directly back to Arkansas. But let me backtrack. What we were initially supposed to do was pick up a load of belts, as in belts for trousers, like for your pants, from— I forget the name of the town, it's near Edison, New Jersey. And I've picked up this load before, but a container comes off a ship in the Port of Newark and that container then goes to this warehouse, they unload it. We then go to that warehouse, get loaded with a bunch of belts and those belts go all the way back to Arkansas where they then either get picked up by Walmart trucks or other smaller trucks to either go out to Walmart stores or back to a Walmart distribution center. We get to Jersey find out those containers haven't even been unloaded yet (laughs) but luckily we had that trailer in johnstown new york which was about four hours north we went up there to grab that drove right through upstate new york which i'm not gonna lie that stretch of 90 from albany to buffalo is pretty rough also i this is the only time i've ever seen it in the country but going down i-90 so i'm sure if you just driving yourself you've probably seen those trailers that have the doubles like FedEx, ABF, yellow. They, they have the doubles, sometimes triples, but only on Interstate 90 in New York. And actually, I think on 87 going north, I've seen them. And maybe this is only a New York thing, but I've seen the doubles where they have two 53-foot together, and it's actually the fucking scariest thing you'll ever see. And maybe somebody can reach out to me and let me know if that's a New York thing or if that's just something that requires different permitting. But I've only seen that happen in New York. But moving on, we go back through Erie, Pennsylvania, Ohio, down to 70, you know, my backyard, I-70. We make it right back to Arkansas. And then our load going home, and this is where my wife got to see a little bit of real trucking and I'll get to that in a minute is where we got a load of beverages from Oklahoma and they were going to go down to the H-E-B distribution center in San Antonio, Texas. H-E-B is a great grocery store. I'm a big fan. Their customer service is second to none. They're actually a very great employer. It's one of those jobs where if you start working there in high school, you can work your way up to be a being a GM like in your in your late 20s or something. They're uh phenomenal employer this is just what i've heard and they're a great grocery store great food great products great prices no they're not a sponsor of this podcast but after this episode maybe they should think about it especially because i've been hauling some of their product around anyways so but when you're ever delivering to an HEB warehouse it's kind of they got these rules so they're not hard to get into actually when you pull into the entrance they have this large parking lot but there's plenty of parking when you go in so you can park and go right to the gatehouse to check in. You're allowed to check in 90 minutes early for your appointment. And luckily, I was about 90 minutes early for our appointment. You go, you check in, you give them your info, your pickup number, your trailer number, show them a copy of your license, fill out a piece of paper, et cetera. You give them their phone number. Then you got to wait for them to call you with the door. They called us pretty quick with a door. You go in, you back up to the door. Uh, that's, you actually have to slide, the, and they have their little rules at their warehouse. You've got to slide your tandems of the trailer all the way back, uh, and then you back up to the door. And then there's a little stoplight next to these doors that's red and green. And when it's red, it means they're unloading you. When it's green, it means you're good to go. The, what you've got to wait for the longest is for it to actually turn red to begin with. And uh, what I meant by real trucking is sometimes you would, when you get to some of these DCs, these big guys, H E B, Costco, Walmart, uh, you know, you name it. Ba- basically, one of those big guys. You know, those these are like major enterprises, and sometimes you're lucky you could be in and out quick, depending on where they're at in their computer system, or you'd be sitting. And we were doing some sitting. I think we sat there for like over four hours. At this h-e-b-t-c but it didn't matter and i, I felt bad i kept apologizing i'm like you know, i'm sorry i know we we should, you know we, we want to get home i was like well, this is kind of how it is sometimes but like i said i'm married to the greatest woman in the world and she's like it's great as long as i'm here with you and i was like honestly you're right waiting for four hours isn't as bad when you're at least with somebody you could talk to and watch some tv with so that rounded up our trip it was it was a lot of fun uh, i can't wait till she comes along again Having the dog with us was, uh, it had its moments uh, of really being cute and fun. And then there was the moment where we were on our, you know, we were coming down from Oklahoma with that load of beverages and we were at a loves getting fuel. And my wife and I both got out of the truck and our dog, who's a puggle, she's very excited, energetic. She gets up on the door handles of the truck and is looking for us, accidentally locks us out. And, uh, but we were in the best place to get locked out of the truck. And that's at a love truck stop and thank God that they had a good maintenance guy who was able to uh, pop the door unlocked for us. And there was also the truck next to us getting fuel. They were helping us. We were trying to get our dog to step back on the unlock button. Uh, I was, you know, I was a little annoyed at first, but it was, it was funny and it was a good experience, especially with the, the people at the pump next to us. They were another married couple from Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out Jacksonville uh i i really appreciate it. it it goes to show you out there on the road that there's still you know there's still some brotherhood to to these drivers out here and guys are always willing to lend a hand and you know it's something you love to see uh especially in you know some of these trying times is you know just people out there with big hearts just showing that they care but that pretty much sums up our trip and it was, and it was awesome and i've extended this out there to any of my friends if you uh work from home or I don't know. You're still in college, or basically you got some flexibility, or maybe you got some PTO you want to burn, and you don't got anywhere to go. That that uh, table I got in the back of this Volvo folds down. Most trucks sleep too as it is. I encourage anybody come out and see it um, if you want. You can fly down to Austin. You could or maybe if I'm in your area, we can make some plans. I can grab you. I can even let my dispatch know, like, hey, I got a, I got a friend who's in this area. Any shot, I can pick him up. I mean, they'll work with me. And uh, I'd love to take any of you guys along uh, to come see, you know, the underbelly of the American supply chain. And you can see what life uh, out on the road is, is kind of like. I rolled back out on the road after my time home after New Year's on January 4th. Awesome leg, too. This, is what I, this was a trip that I really loved. If I could sum up some of the best places to drive, most scenic, kind of least amount of traffic, it's definitely staying west of the Mississippi. You know, it's just the country busts wide open once you get west of the Mississippi. So I left home January 4th. I took an empty trailer up to Waco, swapped it, grabbed it, loaded headed right back up to Arkansas, stayed the night that the day I left the fourth in Oklahoma, brought the loaded trailer to my company the next morning, got another empty trailer where I then went to a Lazy Boy warehouse in Salem Springs, Arkansas. And that is actually one of my company's accounts. So we get loaded with a bunch of furniture there. And that goes all the way out to Ontario, California. That's like San Bernardino County. And it's a great trip. A lot of miles. It's like 1,500 miles from Siloam Springs, Arkansas. And it's that I-40 run. You're taking 40 all the way out there. And it's it's such a awesome trip, the cities you go through, the elevations, the snow-capped mountains. Now, getting out there, I had to be quick because I actually had that trailer loaded, ready to go at noon on Wednesday in Arkansas. I had to get that load there by noon Friday, California time. So you get two hours back from going back in in time from the time zones, but you gotta finesse your clock and you gotta go a certain distance to be able to make sure you're there on time. So I had to drive out the rest of my clock on Wednesday and get to a certain place and shut down. The thing is you can't drive too late because you gotta start early the next day so that way you can shut down early enough so you can get there early in the afternoon on friday like you can't just kind of leave when you want you don't have that kind of wiggle room especially when you have an appointment time and i got real lucky that thursday because there was a lane shut down in new mexico and i was in a little bit of traffic but i was able to haul got cracked over 600 miles shut down four o'clock still got four mile run in that night, and you, you know you're up at high elevation, 5,000 feet, so that's good training out there. Woke up 2:30 in the morning, on that grind, fucking motivated. Leave by three. I'm at the appointment at 11 o'clock Pacific time. You gotta finesse that. That's that's trucking now with these electronic logs. And even though I look, I'm not one of those people who's gonna lambast the electronic logs. Uh, I don't agree with them. Like I said, I I don't agree with regulating drivers like that. It caps you at, you know, what you can do. I get the safety aspect, but I'm not going to lie. Especially that trip, it kind of makes you feel like you're a machine a little bit. You know, it it puts you in this, it kind of regiments you to almost make you feel like you're you're a machine and you must abide by these certain codes, similar to how you'd kind of program a computer, but... Like I said, it it still didn't put me out of the realm of possibility of making that appointment. Made it there, got unloaded there actually pretty quick. And then we have another account out there where we pick up in Carson, California. That's just by Long Beach. And I got loaded there with a bunch of valves and uh, pumps, other things, uh, equipment that goes on oil rigs out in the oil field. And it's actually cool on this bill of lading, When I received uh, the shipment, when I got loaded, you can actually see the estimated time of departure from Shanghai, China, the day it arrived in Long Beach, California. And then you see the day I got loaded, which was January 6th. And it had left the ship had left Shanghai, December 15th. It arrived in Long Beach on December 26th. On the 6th, it gets on my truck. and Then it takes two and a half days to get back to I was taking it to Oklahoma City. And then from once it gets to that warehouse, somebody else picks it up and it either goes out to Odessa, Midland oil fields in Oklahoma, wherever, wherever its final destination is. But that's that's the pathway of the supply chain of at least some of that equipment. Now, on the way out there to California, I had to be running and gunning, really didn't have time to stop and smell the roses. But on the way back, I had plenty of time because it was Friday when I got loaded. Now, getting loaded actually sucked. I get out there and this part. Uh. California when you're in Southern California, I mean these neighborhoods it's tough. It's almost like it's a little bit newer But I mean you you imagine some of these industrial areas It didn't it looked very similar to kind of where I was at in Philadelphia once when I had to get loaded at a USPS warehouse You know, it's these tough roads to go down and there's not a lot of parking and you got to block off traffic sometimes so you get in I get backed into the door this dude loads me then I get a call from the guy inside He's like, uh, why weren't you at door three or door eight? I was like, uh, the guy literally yelled out of door 13. Hey, are you R and R solutions? I said, yeah, he goes, come into this door. He was like, oh, okay. Well, they loaded you with the wrong order. I was like, oh, sick. He goes, yeah, he's already unloaded you though. Uh, can you just back into door three? Awesome. So I had to spend another hour and a half there getting loaded, finally do. I end up having to use personal conveyance on the electronic log because I was out of hours. And you put as a comment "safe haven" so you avoid the hours violation if you get pulled over by DOT. I'm getting too too insider baseball on the log terms. If you got any questions about that, you you reach out to me on the side. So a PC up to uh, a TA in Ontario. It's huge. They got plenty of parking, even late when you get there. I sleep, wake up the next morning, start rolling. On Saturday and like I said I got plenty of time because this doesn't deliver until any time Monday so I know is so it doesn't matter when I wake up when I leave so I drive out I decide to stop in Flagstaff I make it from Ontario I get all the way to Flagstaff Arizona which is gorgeous it's up at 7,000 feet snow-capped mountains I mean it's an outdoorsman's paradise elk everywhere it's it's really cool looking and then I went on a, a, a amazing gorgeous hike Up there in that high elevation, you breathe that air, man, you feel alive. I felt so alive. I actually went on Instagram. I posted a story. I went on this rant because I was just so frothed up about, you know, life and enjoying life and how people need to be out there, you know, doing the right thing and enjoying life themselves. And I'm actually going to touch on that a little bit with uh, maybe at the end of the podcast. I'll give a little outro and uh, I'll kind of recap what I was talking about. When I was up there on that hike, so next morning I wake up. Uh, I was gonna drive. I was gonna try to make it to the Oklahoma border, but it would have served no purpose because, like I said, I could have delivered it any time Monday, and I didn't have my next load yet. So I was like, you know what? I got a buddy kid I played lacrosse with. He's living out there in Amarillo. I gotta hit him up. We're gonna have a steak. I hit him up. He's like, yeah, man, I'm free. So I stopped in Amarillo. I saw a kid I hadn't seen and, geez, damn near maybe five years now, awesome to see. Uh, I posted about it on Instagram. It's probably one of the coolest perks about this job, especially you know, a guy like me, uh, military, went to college. I'm at the age I'm at now where everybody's kind of scattered all over the country. And I told myself, if I have the shot, I'm gonna take it. You, know, you, you, gotta, you gotta see these people, you gotta see your friends, because you, know, you never know is the next time you're gonna see them. You never know what's gonna come next. And so I made it a point, we see him, we had dinner, we talked, we caught up. Honestly, it was, you know, I hadn't smiled that big and, you know, over something like that in a a long time. It was great, he showed me where he works at. He works at West Texas A&M University out there. Really cool school too, a little D2 school. Um, He showed me the agriculture building, which uh, I thought was pretty neat. He said they got a slaughterhouse on campus and you can actually buy fresh beef right from your own school's backyard right there on campus. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. You know, talk about a college where you know, you're teaching people to you know, do something out in the real world and help their local community. There you go, West Texas A&M. Shout out, let's go Buffaloes. Uh, so from there, I woke up the next morning, I drove to Oklahoma City to deliver this load. Now I had full means to record right after i delivered that load because i was either going to try to drive back to joplin or either hang around okc because i know a kid from my unit lives in the okc area i was going to park and i was going to record and i was going to record a youtube video and then i got a little bit of a birthday present got a phone call from my dispatch dawn she was like hey i know you got to do a reset you're up in oklahoma city I'm looking at the load board right now. I can get you a load from OKC right down near Austin. And I was like, "Hey, I wasn't asking for that." I was like, "But if that's not any trouble, hey, I- I'll take it. I don't mind. I don't mind A, the extra little bonus miles right there, and B, being able to, you know, be home for my birthday because it was that day, the day I delivered, which was Monday, January 10th. It w- it was my 32nd birthday i was like i'll take the birthday present i don't even think she knew it was my birthday well hey sometimes that happens just like how uh i managed to get myself up to connecticut randomly for a reset because we had to pick up those self checkouts up there in worcester and nashua sometimes you get lucky with trucking sometimes you're at a shipper for four hours you got to take the good with the bad that's that's how it is uh in this industry so i was able to get home And I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to record shit. Because when I'm home, there's, you know, you got to do stuff around the house. We had a headboard come in, (laughs) you name it. But it was good to be home for my birthday. But I knew I was like, hey, look, I want to make content. I'm sticking with this. I knew that once I got back on the road, I got to record sooner or later. But, man, like I said, it's tough. I'm trying to train for the Austin Marathon, so I got to run. I got to make sure I'm getting good sleep. You know, it's not like some of my last jobs like all right fuck it i'll get five hours of sleep roll in i'll, I'll kind of drag my knuckles a little bit like now nah, you, you don't want to do that driving a commercial vehicle i mean that's you know you're putting kind of people's lives at risk so uh moving forward I, i'm going to be just trying to pound out as much content as i can i really want to start documenting everything and just recording more on voice kind of sharing my experiences mainly because every other truck driver out there who's making content I've been learning and be, and I've been finding success from these guys. And I'm just trying to find a way to kind of give back a little while also just having a little bit of fun myself. All right, next up, got a couple of voice messages. On my Instagram, I got a link up there to leave me a voice message. If you wanna ask me a question or give me a general shout out, I'd love to put it up here on the podcast. And if you don't have that link, Please reach out to me. I'm going to try to put it out there on blast so it's a little bit more accessible. Uh, I'd love to get as many as possible so I can kind of spread them out amongst episodes. But today we got two. First up is actually from a friend of mine. His name is Colin. He lives out there in Bakersfield, California. He's a member of the Hardo Hive. Hardo Hive is guys who are fans of my favorite daily news podcast, Hard Factor. You can check him out if you go to patreon.com slash uh a lot of us are in a little Discord chat. Uh, and we shoot the shit about the episodes. We talk about other stuff, video games, current events, you name it. And Colin and I became fast friends on that Discord. He's a big supporter of all the guys in the Discord. Anything you got, whether it's your own podcast, your own Instagram, your own brand, your own business. He loves helping people out. Uh, I love it. This guy motivates the hell out of me. And uh, thank you, Colin, for the shout out. Here he is. Mike, what's going on? So next time you come into California and you're going up fifty and you're going up high five, get off on the fifty-eight exit, stop at Willow Ranch. By far one of the best places you can eat in that in this area, you know? So delicious. I'll get you on the patty milks, I'll buy you food, we'll stop, we'll hang out, and then we'll crush some beers. You can park your truck for the night and then come over at my house and we'll crush more beers, boy. Well, I love you, man. Have a great fucking day. Can't wait to see you. Colin, thank you again for the voice message, man. Thank you so much for all your support. I really appreciate it. You know I'm trying to get to Bakersfield as soon as I can. Would love to crush a beer and a steak. And, hey, I've been looking at the truck papers in the classified. You guys actually have some pretty good deals on you semi-trucks up there in Bakersfield. So, hey, we may be in touch. And next voice message we got is from a fraternity brother of mine from the University of New Haven, good friend of mine, Tim. He's a new father. So I wanna wish him a congratulations, him and his lovely wife, Lauren, congratulations. And I wish them all the best of luck in their adventure into parenthood. I know that they're gonna crush it. They're gonna do an amazing job. And Tim asked me a question that I knew I was going to get asked eventually. And it's a funny one. And if you know me, You expected this to happen, but here it is. Mike, what's up? It's Tim Carton. Love the show, man. You got a great voice for podcast and radio. Loving the content, dude just finished episode seven. Uh, my question for you is, uh, when we were back in college and then after, you know, we graduated and everything you used to go off all the time and be like, Oh, we don't need roads. Like roads are the enemy and you know, all that stuff. So now given that you're a truck driver and you're driving on roads constantly, has your opinion changed on the necessity of having roads and streets? Um, let me know your thoughts. And then uh, also, um, If you need it, I'd be happy to write an intro song for you. Do a little instrumental piece for you. Uh, Let me know if you're interested. Love you, buddy. Miss you. Take care. Tim, thanks so much for the voice message, man. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all your support for the podcast. Well, you heard him. I hated roads, cursed their existence, lambasted against them. And now here I am making an honest living on these same roads. I used to shake my fists in anger at tragic, ironic. I know, right? But I'm really glad Tim gave me the opportunity to answer this question because it allows me to kind of explain how I've grown up a little bit throughout this experience we call life. And so the short answer of how I feel about it is I grew the fuck up, but here's, uh, here's the truth of it. So let's go back to 2011, I discovered Ron Paul. I was really attracted to his anti-war rhetoric given we had just lost one of our great friends in Afghanistan, some of our friends were injured over there Bin Laden had been killed. So I got turned on by that side of politics and started to kind of get myself involved in the Libertarian Party. And I followed that mindset of politics. And I did that throughout college. I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people like Austin Peterson and Adam Kokish. And I had a really good time listening to people speak like Larry Sharp. I had met Ron Paul at an event. And that kind of got me involved in politics. And that's kind of where I was mentally. graduate I graduated college I get into quote-unquote the real world I start having jobs you meet more people and I traveled more and you got to see what made people successful and you also got to see a little bit more of the human suffering side you got to see how other people live their life and that's what life is is a group of moments and experiences that you see throughout your existence and Eventually, and I don't know when this is, and this is the grow the fuck up part, is I came into a crossroads where you realize that the idea of this fully libertarian society, a voluntary society, is just as much of a utopia as a fully communist society. A, a classless society. Libertarian being stateless, communist being a classless society. They're both impossible. You're trading one uh, dictator for the other. Instead of uh, President G of China ruling you, it's Amazon, ruling you in almost the same fashion. Now, you could say a libertarian society has existed successfully before, but was it? Native Americans were kind of libertarian. They had a tribe that kind of socially made a leader. They had to all participate into that society. If they didn't, they were just outcasted. However, look how some of these once tribal societies had ended up eventually. They were conquered. So, do they really work in their, you know, in the inherent uh, meaning of them? If we became this sort of stateless society, do we leave ourselves open to being conquered? Perhaps, what if the Native Americans were regionally unified in a way and developed weapons and defenses more? Tribes in New England, you know, notably did not like each other. What if all of New England was very unified? Could they have repelled against, you know, Europeans and colonization if perhaps they lived in a less libertarian, voluntary society? I don't know. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. I'm kind of getting off the rails. But that's just the thing, man. And that's just the truth is, you know, eventually you realize that life is very short. You're starting to see some of your friends and relatives. Lives get cut short around you and uh, you kind of just pick your battles where they come at you and you. You know, you learn to accept certain things and I just want to live in a society that's unified and I want to live in a country that loves and respects each other. And yeah, that's that's really all I got to say, man. But I I appreciate that question. And, um, you know, I don't if you are listening to this and we haven't spoken in a few years and I touched on this at the beginning of the podcast and it's like, well, that's not how you were five years ago. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. Uh, You know, I'm sorry that I'm not the same fucking douchebag from five or six years ago i'm just just being me man i'm just living life i'm just trying to make it ahead i'm just trying to you know you know smile more than i frown throughout this thing and hey feelings change it's all about your environment whatever i don't know what more to tell you hey i know this is running a little bit long but really i'm just enjoying life a lot more out here making an honest living For my family and hopefully having the opportunity to rebuild something from the ground up that i couldn't be a part of in a way to honor my family and i wanted to use tim tim's question to kind of relate to what i was talking to on instagram earlier this week and you know i just said way to honor my family and when it comes to you know this whole thing called life You wanna make the world a better place? Let's start there. Start with yourself first and your immediate surroundings. What's immediately surrounding you? Your family. You should be doing anything and everything for members of your family and around them and making sure they're taken care of and all of you are taking care of each other. Then move on to your community. Make sure your family is making your community a better place. I forget where I had heard this before. I must have read it in some fucking book somewhere. But I've heard that strong families equal strong communities, which equal strong nations. Honestly, I I don't see the rebuttal to that. If you think identity politics is going to somehow make this country progress further into the 21st century and help human civilization, and I'd like for you to show me because I don't see it. But let's wrap this up. If you didn't know, I record all these podcasts right off the cuff. I shoot from the hip. I have a couple bullet points in my head and I just go right after it. When you do that, eventually you run out of words and now here we are. I'm sure I'll get better in time as I get guests. Maybe I'll script things a little bit better. But until then, I'm just gonna keep shooting the shit with you like we're at the bar or we're chatting over the phone. But before I let you go, I wanted to leave you with this quote from a gentleman who hosts his own podcast. His name is Lex Friedman. He said this the other day and it's been in my head for the past 48 hours. He says, quote, the human heart pumps 2,500 gallons of blood a day. My brain is somehow managing the operation of a super complex piece of machinery and my conscious mind is usually oblivious to it. In moments like this, I can't help but think that consciousness is an incredible and rare gift. Thank you all again for listening. Please be on the lookout for my YouTube channel If you or anyone you know is interested in obtaining their CDL, please reach out to me. If you ever want to ride along, please reach out to me. Or if you ever want to talk, I'll be here.